0: 93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city oh, is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Uh, very excited to have uh, a hometown guy here on the program with us, the CEO of MFA Oil, Mr. John Eiler. John, great to have you here with us. Great to be here, Fred. Uh, this is, uh, 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 you have, uh, you have made the rise through, uh, MFA oil and, uh, now you're at the top and, and, uh, uh, I'm sure it's not as fun and as glorious as it looked, uh, from, from down below. But, uh, anyway, congratulations on, on uh, being promoted. It's, you've been doing this for three years now. So it's, uh, yeah. uh, so your, your, your honeymoon is over for sure. But, uh, for um, our listeners that may not uh, have ever met you, would you mind just telling people a little bit about your background? You grew up here in Columbia, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. a native,
1: uh-huh. uh, a boon baby, you right. might say, oh, right? Very good, like So, that. yeah, yeah I'm, I've, I've lived in Columbia most yeah. of my life. Yeah. I, I went to the University of Missouri here, graduated from the ag school. Um, my wife and I, uh, Becky have, have lived here most of our lives. We Mm -hmm. lived in Colorado for about four years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was a good business decision at the time, but we, we made our way right back here. We have two kids. Uh, very active in sports and yeah. active in the community. So, yeah. uh, just Columbia's home. Yeah. Uh, people will
0: know, uh, your father-in-law, Ken Redders, who was with the Mockins dealerships yeah. for a long time. Yeah. You had to mention his That's name, didn't right? you? <laughs> Absolutely. He, he asked me, he said to pay me 20 bucks. So anyway, and I kind of wanted to throw you off a little
1: bit. And yeah. So, anyway. Yeah.
0: But, uh, um,
1: yeah. Love him. Um, what were you doing in Colorado, just out of curiosity? So, interesting story. I had started with him, F.A. Oil. Okay. I'm on my second tour of duty. Okay, um, good. Gonna- and so that first tour kind of taught me the ropes on some of the retail automotive business. So yep. I grabbed a business partner and in 2004 moved out to Grand Junction, Colorado. Wow. Far western slope of sure. Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and started a quick lube convenience store uh, concept out there with him and had a couple stores. Owned them for about three years and sold them. Wow. Very good. Found myself jobless. Okay. And (laughs) decided what, what's next in my life? So I made a call back to MFA oil and said, Hey, what's available? Time to come home. And it, and it kind of transitioned from there. Good for you. you.
0: So you worked in marketing for a while. Is that correct? What, what, what division of MFA were you working in? sales sales started
1: out in sales i essentially had the entire geography of mfa oil company and so uh the retail side the break time side and then the the uh bplp side our traditional business side so that was the stepping stone to marketing which led to other avenues of mergers and acquisitions Mm. distributions uh, uh, more on the marketing side from different levels, but then eventually led me to the vice president of sales and marketing. Okay. And then from there, now you see it. So, uh, <laughs> kind of the leap from sales and marketing to CEO at yeah. the time. Well, that so, makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, People probably that are listening to this
0: program don't really understand probably the the breadth and scope of MFA Oil. Tell us about the company itself. Um, uh, how many employees does it currently have, and, and what lines of business are you are you currently working
1: in? Okay, yeah, MFA Oil is pretty dynamic, right? So on a fully staffed schedule, we probably have eighteen hundred employees wow. across eight states, right? Yeah. yeah. So Missouri is the only one that we fully um, cover the entire geography, but mm-hmm. the other states we we take up a, a bigger or a portion of um so our traditional business is bulk fuel, propane and lubricants. And we're the ninth largest propane supplier in the country. Wow. So um pretty significant in yep. in regards to residential propane although we do uh industrial and we do agricultural as well. It's it's part of our thread. Mm-hmm. Um aside from that what what Columbia Boone County can recognize us for is break time convenience stores. Yeah. So there's a 14 in Columbia. Um you know, you have another 4 or 5 in in Jeff City, one in Ashland right in One at Deer Park down here, just south on 63. So Mm -hmm. uh, we cover the area pretty good. But in total, there are 71 convenience stores stretched all the way from the northwest to the northeast and southeast or southwest of Missouri. So cover a a wide geography there. Mm -hmm. We have 22 um, Big O Tire locations. So these are franchise, right? And we're a franchisee of Big O Tires Mm. based out of Denver, Colorado. But we have 22 of those locations. We have a, a wholesale fuels arm. It's called APM, stands for American Petroleum Marketers. And there's about 190 convenience store, like single store operator dealers out in the marketplace across those eight states, mm-hmm. uh, that we supply wholesale fuels through. Yeah. Um, and then of recently, of late September 1st, we started a solar company really okay. yeah wow. yeah so we, we got into the solar business yeah um which is was which proven to be pretty good for us actually so in a short amount of time here we've had a lot of a lot of interest in it and so we're growing that that portion of the business here yeah. as we speak newer to us we're learning a lot uh, I know you know some connections there, right? Be- between myself and my brother, who is also right. in this energy it was, space. Yeah,
0: it was on, He was on the program somewhere he, recently. He, yeah. he has. He's yeah. been on this program yeah. before yeah.
1: too. So, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, no, that's new, and that's more, that falls into this su- sustainability bucket ah. for the oil company. Yeah. Not not so much for us. We have right. some solar, mm-hmm. um, but for our member owners and our producers. Yeah. So, and going back, you know, MFA Oil is a cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're owned by farmers. I, re- I work for farmers right, every day. Right. That's, our, that's our job. Yeah. And, and so um, it's a very unique business. It's very dynamic. And, and I think there's a stigma out there that cooperatives in general are kind of outdated, mm. Uh, mm. slow to move, yeah. slow to change, slow to react, right? right. Not as progressive as you think. Complete fallacy. Yeah. Cooperatives in today's world are super dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, changes all the time. Yeah. And that what makes the business fun. It makes the the business enjoyable and when you add these retail components into it um, it really makes it an interesting place to work and learn a lot about the business world. I bet. Absolutely.
0: So the move to solar, was that more of a, of, of an, an intent to diversify uh, the business, or was that more just a response to emerging
1: needs from your members? Both. Okay. Okay. So, yes, the members <clears throat> came to us and said, hey, um, solar's out there. Um, do you guys know anything about it? <clears> hmm. <throat> And so, from just a simple conversation with some of our delegate constituents, led to more conversation, led to more, and then we found out, hey, the rural communities out there on their homes and farming operations, they have a pretty strong interest in this the solar. Yeah. Um, government incentives were good, right? The price mm-hmm. of the solar panels and things have kind of come off, and mm-hmm. as far as costs concerned, for them it's a return on investment. And so, when we're looking at a very short window of return it makes a lot of sense yeah you got to remember some of these family farms that are out there century farms these are passed down from generation to generation to generation so Mm -hmm. the thought of sustainability is big for them yeah so energy plays a part in that of course we're an energy provider um, it made sense for us to dabble in it, and we've we've started to dabble, and then on. Yeah, it's so. interesting how it's evolved. I uh, I was talking with your
0: brother Chris about uh, the work that they did for the new Midway USA building. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of some amazing drone footage of of that project. But sure, uh, it's uh it, it's amazing how far your brother has taken that. I remember when he first started his business. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and said, well, good luck with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he is, yeah, he's yeah. had the last laugh all the way to the bank, but it's, uh, uh, but it's an interesting business to watch. We drive down I-70, we see these solar farms. are, right. uh, does MFA get involved
1: in solar farms like that? We 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 haven't been involved in yeah. that capacity of a yeah. farm or a large commercial um, piece. We've looked at them, but we haven't mm-hmm. gotten involved. You know, as as we've begun this price uh, process, we've realized that there's producers that want some not that large that you see on seventy or something like yeah. that, but something large enough to to power their operations. It, there's there's a there's a science behind this. There's mm-hmm. some really good facts and data that suggest what you really should be putting in versus uh, what your needs are and and, mm-hmm. and what you want to achieve. So. So, again, lots of facts. Uh, again, I think we're we're here as a provider to be able to provide those options. Yeah. Um, and we're here for the long haul. You know what I mean? As yeah. a cooperative, we look long term most of the time. So this isn't something that's going to be here. Uh, today gone tomorrow. We, yeah. we, we want to make sure that this option is left there for a lot of folks. So, so
0: what are you more bullish on? Uh, solar or miscanthus grass?
1: <laughs> long, uh, long, uh, before long, long before your time. Long before your time at the top. Long before <laughs> my time. And, and again, that's the kind of the cooperative home mo- model, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah give looking, it a try. Give it a try. Yeah. Uh, does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. No. Uh, solar, <laughs> solar has its place right now, Fred. Uh, 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 we'll see (laughs) see uh but at this point we're committed and and so it's moving it's moving really rapidly. yeah very cool when was mfa oil started 1929 okay so
0: help us understand the relationship between mfa oil mfa inc and shelter insurance you, well you guys are kind of cousins in some ways yeah are uh, used yeah. to be Uh what what is the relationship with MFA Inc
1: okay so MFA Inc and I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. up because there is some confusion yeah right when yep. you see MFA oil and you see MFA incorporated you see the same shield in yeah. that in that logo right yeah. and so we share that in some regards mm-hmm. in 1985 uh there was a MFA oil was inside of MFA incorporated okay and they were sharing some boards there was some boards on MFA incorporated and some board members on MFA oil mm-hmm. the incorporated board decided to relinquish their rights to the MFA oil side so it split off and they grabbed four more board members oh. and it stood alone yeah and that's how it kind of started now up leading up to those that point there was a refinery that the the MFA oil uh and MFA uh company side had owned mm-hmm. and it wasn't doing well hmm. And so that was putting financial stress on the whole membership for MFA and MFA Incorporated. And that was just one of the supporting reasons. Today, you know, we look back and that was probably a, a good thing. You know, you, you got to separate out agronomy and energy and those yeah. different groups got to really focus and hone in on what they do best and become experts in their own field. Yeah. Today our relationship is stronger than ever though. I can tell you that we 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 reside on the same street here in columbia yeah. right? Off the Stadium Boulevard. Uh we collaborate amongst each other. We share member owners together. Mm-hmm. Uh marketing efforts. We put on conferences together. We do a lot. Wow. You know, okay. it's
0: so still a relationship though, not legally or official.
1: Not legally right? or official. Okay. We're separated by two yeah. different boards, two different yeah. CEOs and presidents. Yeah. So um, it works well, and, yeah. and we, we make it work really well, too, so yeah. it's good.
0: Is this the same refinery that you all were able to sell your interest in a few years ago?
1: No. Okay, different, no, different no. refinery. O- okay. Over the course of, you know, <clears throat> 93 years, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, the company's been involved in three different ownerships of refinery at yeah. some sort of minority interest level, yeah. okay? So, uh, NCRA was the latest one that was that we were bought out of in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the last one, I yeah. think, probably. Yeah. Um. But never say never, <laughs> right? Um. But you know that we've put a part of three over the course of ninety three years. Yeah. But that gave you uh,
0: an infusion of cash to really do some fairly progressive things with. I mean, you guys were able to really capitalize on that move. Is that correct? And we were. I, I know that one of them was your big expansion into propane. Uh, that was something that it seemed like every other week uh, MFA Oil was buying up another propane company, and, sure. and So, and uh, you handled mergers and acquisitions. How has that uh, turned out for you? Is, it, is that still a, uh, an industry that you're excited about?
1: Yes, it is. Okay, um, I think propane does have its place in yeah. the world today, especially in rural communities. Um, home heat, hot yeah. water, yeah. cooking, important appliances, stuff. right? The, the, ne- <laughs> the necessities, right? It's yeah. almost looked at as the utility. And yeah. we take that business very seriously. And, and it's definitely an area for us right now that we want to grow. Yeah, We still have that kind of same growth mindset. Um, but just we want to do it here kind of within the fold of the yeah. existing territory. Yeah. Uh, there were times when we got out there and we were in, you know, um, Georgia. You know, we were in Utah. Yeah. Um, and those didn't prove beneficial to us too far out, yeah. on an island yeah, kind yeah, of feel. So we are we, support services that we offer in, in our company. Bar none, or the best. Yeah, and uh, we've got to be able to exercise those support services if we want to be successful. So our growth appetite is probably the same as it's been, Fred. Honestly. Yeah.
0: Which of those uh, of the sectors that you're in? Which is the one that really uh, you see the most potential in? The one that you get most excited about? All of them, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're afraid somebody's listening.
1: You know, Don't worry. Nobody's listening. You know, part of, part of my job is is to evaluate those different yeah. segregated business yeah. lines, you know. And I think every one of uh, the individuals that runs those lines wants to grow. And mm-hmm. so I think it's about the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I get excited about the opportunity, quite yeah. honestly, because yeah. I think there's opportunities in our world today. In every sector. In every sector. Yeah. They're as hot as they've ever been. Wow. I, in the tire business, it's hot. The yeah. convenience store world has been extremely hot. Yeah. Um, and you've seen large mergers, acquisitions private equities entering the market it it, it's it's pretty hot yeah uh and but in the propane side and the bulk fuel side we've seen a a lot of folks that are exiting that business Mm -hmm. um and and we're here you know what i mean we're we're the natural company that they want to leave the heritage that which they built right all their customer base that they've taken care of for many many years Uh, we're here to help pick up those those pieces per se and carry on the service level that those customers expect yeah there is a business model with
0: the break time convenience stores that you adapted a few years ago i i think it was called marketplace or something like that but you were you had uh is that something you're still pursuing when, when you look at uh the direction that you're headed with that type of uh business model so we'll come back to that after we uh, i'll uh i'll cover that with you we are visiting with john eiler who is the ceo of mfa oil and uh, we've been talking about uh All of the different entities and brands that uh, MFA Oil is involved with. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about uh, the break time convenience store model. And uh, we'll talk to you about why your gas prices are going up. And John probably has some insight into that. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with John Eiler, who is the CEO of MFA Oil. We already told you he's a hometown guy and uh, grew up here in Columbia. Uh Rockbridge, is that where you went to high school? I went to Rockbridge. Okay. Yep. And uh how about uh junior high? Jeff Jr. Jeff Jr., okay, yep. very good. yep Did you ever play basketball on that stage? I did. Okay. <laughs> I bet
1: I fell off that stage a time or
0: two. <laughs> we used to go there for intramural games and I would just watch those kids on that stage saying, Wow, I can't believe somebody hasn't been sued yet for flying <laughs> off that stage. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Um uh, we were talking about break time and and the the thing I was trying to get to was the neighborhood market concept that you guys worked with for a little while but uh, tell us sort of uh, what's what 's new and different about break time convenience stores to, uh, to our listeners.
1: Well, we've built a few stores here in Boone County here of late, right? And so the concept is a little bit bigger box. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to make sure there's enough offerings inside the store that fit the needs of the consumer, right? And consumer behavior changes. You know, what used to be years is now months, right? And so having enough space to make... Uh, offerings available for all those folks is what we we, we strive to do yeah. so you're seeing a bigger bigger size uh, building mm-hmm. uh, you know we had uh, the neighborhood markets for a while yeah. there and, and we actually had a break time that was downtown with it was unmanned no, uh, remember, remember, right yeah. yeah I remember that yeah and and so some of that is transition now yeah. if you'll recall we've just reimaged some of our locations uh, maybe the ones we haven't seen that that have been you know reimaged yet have more of a construction rebuild planned or mm-hmm. a complete reimage that we're, we're looking looking at so we're yeah. not quite ready to make those rebranding efforts um but no uh, the stores are getting larger right yeah. the offerings are getting more yeah um so it's important that we can stock those items inside yeah so uh i'm sure that our
0: listeners many of them probably fill up their car or truck at uh at a break time once or twice a week and and they uh, have probably noticed a somewhat uh, upward trend in in gas prices recently. Right. Uh you can't be blamed for that. Uh you're just happened nope. to be the middleman. Yep. Uh but uh help help the uh the lay consumer understand uh what's happening with uh uh you know in the oil fields and with gas prices right now.
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll go back in time here a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, the pandemic, yep. right? Um, the economy shut down a little bit. And production of, of crude, because mm-hmm. crude is tied directly to gas and diesel, yep. that slowed down as well, yep. right? And, and we went through this period of slow production enough to satisfy what the needs were. You know, uh, forward, fast forward, I guess, right to now, mm-hmm. you still have some of that low production going on, but demand has picked back up. Yep. You know, people have been lit out. To do uh, and travel yep. uh, and and get in the com- the, the communities a little yeah, bit more, make it up for lost time, right? right. And yeah. so, um, what you're finding here is the administration, right, has has kind of slammed the door a little bit on domestic production, mm-hmm. uh, which has created this sense of we don't have enough production. I think refiners and refiners that produce products that come up through the lines here in Boone County in the state of Missouri, they can they can do more refining. Mm-hmm. They have the capacity to do more. Uh, but you don't have the production, domestic production there that's needed. I see. So you got to have the production before you have the refining. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's Um, not all one thing. No. It's a separate part of the process. Now, at this point in time, we've got this Ukraine... This uh, yeah. geopolitical issues yeah. and war, and that's just added on top of it. Mm-hmm. So all these things have factored into a higher price here in a very short amount of time. Right mm-hmm. from from what we can tell, you know, the other thing that I'll I'll point out when it comes to fuel prices is credit card transaction fees and mm-hmm. processing fees, mm-hmm. and so those are based on percentages. So, you know, the cost just to run major credit cards in today's world is kind of reflective on what the price of gas is. Mm. And so just like the price of gas, when it goes up, so do the credit card fees. Yep. Um, So there's a lot of things coupled in there, I Mm -hmm. think, that are what we're seeing. But again, production, uh, domestic production would help. Uh, You know, I know there's a lot of measures right now being debated on what will. And we've talked about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve opening up. Yep. Uh, you know, those are, those are short-term solutions, mm-hmm. really, because. Uh, even a million barrels a day is really
0: not that much, uh, compared to the total consumption that, that happens.
1: Yes, that's correct. It's yeah. not that much, and consumption is increasing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what, they used to say, you know what cures high prices? What's that? High prices. <laughs> But now we're at high prices and people are still yeah. purchasing it because yeah. they want to get out and move about. Yeah, so they don't
0: have an option. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. OK, there was some news this week uh, about uh, President Biden was talking about uh, working with the EPA to sort of reduce some restrictions and regulations to get a, a different uh, quality of gasoline into the to the
1: stream. Uh, help me understand that story. Well, it was basically releasing releasing some of the restrictions on ethanol. So okay. going to maybe an E15 as opposed to an E10. Okay. okay. And so there's some restrictions that, that set in place June through September. What's the difference between E10 and E15? Uh, 5 per. 5% more ethanol-based product oh, okay. in the in, gasoline. in the per gallon of gas, there's per 5% gas. more ethanol in it. Okay. Correct. So, right. so again, he's, he's moving that to 15%. Some yeah. states, like the state of Missouri, has a 10% ethanol mandate in all gasoline, 87 gasoline right now. Wow. Um, but, you know, what he's doing is releasing some of the restrictions that allow it to go to E15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, more of a short-term, you know, solution to high prices. Will it create a lower price? Yes, it will um but it'll be short term potentially. Yeah. You know the problem that we see there is there's only about 1 to 2% of gas stations nationwide have the ability to distribute and pump an E15 product. Hmm. Okay. So that's a very small amount that have the, the that are outfitted that have, yeah. that have the tank equipment, piping equipment, dispensing equipment to do this. So as a retailer, uh I will tell you there's concern there like do I make this investment? How long is this? You know, how long is this going to last? If this is short term, do I have the capital resources to invest in this to do that? Yeah. So, uh, again, more of a short-term look at it. You know, we are a big proponent of ethanol MFA yep. oil Is yep. anything that supports the producer and the farmer, we're right. all for. Right. Um, and we have we have three locations in Colombia right now that have E15. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also have three locations that have E30 and about six that have E85. So we've been in this. We've been doing this yeah. for quite some time. Now, who's burning that kind of gasoline? Is it's not the typical consumer, is it that will burn an E30? Uh, It can be, you know, as as long as the vehicle that they're operating is compatible to burn it. They can okay. use it if they'd like. Yeah. You know, it, it that's that's very possible. Huh. Um, you know, it's it's been a little bit on the lesser demand side mm-hmm. for sure. Um and you know, there's a price factor there and there's a miles per gallon factor there, yeah. and there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah. Um and it and it is an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it definitely is to to reduce some of the cost. But I don't know if it's long term, Fred. You know, some of the things that I think about, whether it be the strategic petroleum reserve or ethanol, you know, we're trying to reduce the cost of fuel. Mm-hmm. And so when you reduce the cost of fuel, people buy more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So are we in the cycle here that we can't get out of? I don't know that yet, yeah. but I know that we just need to, from MFA oil standpoint, we need to be providing those products and services that the consumer needs. Yeah.
0: It's unfortunate that the average consumer, including myself, doesn't really understand the nuances of, of, uh, you know, the, uh, E10 versus E15 or E30. Uh, doesn't sound like President Biden knows the difference either, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's it's we hear these things and we think, oh, you know, a da- million gallons a day, but if we really don't have context, uh, we see that these are really just, in reality, they're very small uh, adjustments that really aren't gonna have a big impact. And and if you've got to invest in retrofitting your equipment to accommodate E15 or, or whatever, uh, somehow that, I would guess that, that the expense of doing so will be passed on to the consumer.
1: Yes. That's kind of the would- way it works, I guess. Well, yes. I mean, anytime there's a capital expense, there, right? right. Um, not, it doesn't come out of your charity account. No, 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 it doesn't. I mean, as long as there's volume and there's a demand, yeah. that's that's one thing you yeah. have to look at too. But no, I mean, these all come at a cost, right? Yeah. Somewhere, somehow, you know, you got to evaluate that. Yeah. So. Is there any relief on the horizon? What do, you, what do you think is going to happen over the next six months? I don't have a crystal ball. You, don't, but oh, you I should will, get one. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you show me it. They're very I'll, helpful. I'll use it. Uh, no, you know what I, what I think is it's going to be very volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, volatile. Um, I, I think that you know we're going to see some, some drastic up days, drastic down days, and I can tell you the market doesn't like um, confusion mm-hmm. in it. So it likes stronger direction to make those decisions. And as long as we still are in a position of war. Uh, a pos- position of uncertainty, we're gonna see some high volatility yeah. in, in prices. Yeah. Uh, you know, how long is it here to say I can't answer that, but I don't think it's short term right now. Yeah.
0: So, uh, as you look back over your, your first three years as uh, CEO of MFA oil, uh, Talk about some of the things that you've seen happen within the company that you're proud of, that, uh, uh, and maybe we'll talk about some of the things that have been challenging. So what, what are the, some of the, the accomplishments that you've seen over the last three years that you're particularly proud of?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think it was, you know, I started this role, and then shortly after that, we ran into a pandemic. Yep. All right, just working Surviving. through that with employees, right? <laughs> yep. And, and yeah. changing, changing the way we went about it and adapting to it. You know, yeah. also during that period, we had a polar vortex. Right. And again, we're in the propane business. And so distributing products to uh, people in their homes, keeping their homes warm is top priority. But we did it. Yeah. um, Even through supply allocations, we're making a commitment to our customers to take care of them. So I'm pretty proud of that. I'm pretty proud of our people, honestly, for, for doing the jobs they did. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've had a lot of things go on. I think I'm most proud of probably culture and purpose. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in that space, employee development. Um, those are some pretty big accomplishments for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, big culture guy. Uh, You know, big purpose. What's our purpose in telling our story? Spent a lot of time in in, in those spaces, you know, here of late. So, you know, solar is a good one, you know, kicking that off uh, to be determined a little bit, right? But uh, starting that as a company. And then we started a captive insurance company in the last three years, too. Yep. Yep. So that was to help alleviate some of the cost of insurance premiums that are in the market today, the hardening of markets. So, Made some measures there, nothing earth shattering, right? Yeah. But for me I, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. So when you get into the insurance business, are you
0: partnering with existing insurance companies or are you kind of starting from scratch? Starting from scratch. We're wow. starting
1: our own captive insurance, right? Okay. It's a form of self insurance, right? And we yep. do have a broker that helps us through that. Okay. But again, alleviate some of the premium pressures and premium yeah. costs. It's not uncommon in today's world. We're on a you know a solo captive um, with ourselves, but um you know that's a big move and a big step. Yeah. Um so it is. Excited. Um
0: I want to talk a little bit about uh, so so when you when you make such a, an emphasis and such an investment in culture, mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of companies in Colombia uh, have uh, are across the world actually are, are experiencing tremendous labor shortages. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about how the labor shortage has impacted what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, labor shortages has definitely impacted the mm-hmm. retail business world, especially I bet. Yep. You know, we've been an essential business this whole time. Yeah. So uh again, keeping stores open and keeping people in seats and trucks as they deliver propane gas or refined fuel. Um, you know, keeping guys in the in the tire stores, fixing flat tires, mm-hmm. changing the oils, replacing tires themselves. Yeah. Um, it's been a challenge, but we've done pretty well, I think, when I look amongst our peers. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I think that's the reputation that MFA oil has with its employees. Um, but labor's been tough, and I, we're you know we're still working on that pretty hard right now. We we'll put an extra focus to employee development, um, all the things personal and professional mm-hmm. that we can look at here for every employee. Yep. Um, and I think it's a good place to work. Um, you know, you got to be competitive with pay. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to say you can't. I mean, competitive pay is important in today's world for a lot of folks, and so you got to be competitive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too long ago you could drive down the road and see what this. You know, location was offering for pay and go to the next location over and they were a dollar more. Yeah. It was it was pretty cutthroat. Right. Um, but I think there's more to it than just a paycheck, mm-hmm. right, with us. Yeah. And, and so that's where we've got to get in a little bit deeper. And and talent recruits talent. Yeah. So when you talk about purpose, uh, and which is uh, really important to younger
0: workers, uh, the millennials, mm-hmm. um, you, you some of your moves towards sustainability probably resonate with them, I would guess, as, hey, I'm part of something much bigger than myself.
1: Right. Sustainability, yeah. for yeah. sure, yeah. Um, with the younger generation. They ask more of those questions. Yep. You know, um, where are the electric vehicles? Charging stations at break time, which we do have some. They're just not in Columbia. Yeah, uh, but where are they at? Why don't we have more? You know what I mean? Tell them We're, there's plenty of room at High V. There's, yeah, <laughs> no, there is. So you know, those are the questions. But th- they do they ask yeah. questions like that. So yeah. again, as 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 we pioneer through this sustainability piece and what it means to us a little bit you know we're taking that into consideration for the next generation there's a big generation gap in in our business right Mm -hmm. it's pretty wide yeah you know we have the the producer member owners that are in their late 70s that are still operating today you know they're not going to give up working yeah that's what their their values and their ethics are going to give them right and then you have this this then you have this young generation over here and and you know they're more apt to look at things this way so yeah. again generationally spend a lot of time yeah discussing that that's the voice of John Eiler, the CEO of MFA oil we're gonna continue
0: our conversation after this break and uh, we'll talk about what those members and owners are expecting these days and how often we get to talk to them uh, all of that and more coming up here on the CEO roundtable show I'm Fred Perry this is Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. John Eiler, the CEO of NFL, is here in the studio with us. Uh, just a reminder that the LeaderCast uh, event is coming up on Wednesday, May 4th. It's going to be out at Woodcrest Auditorium, and that is uh, a great day where we enjoy a live broadcast from Cincinnati where uh, 10 of the uh really the world's uh, leading authorities on leadership and uh, uh, organizational leadership uh, come together. Uh, these are the disruptors, the thought leaders, the innovators, and uh, they are going to come together and, and talk about uh, what makes a great leader. That's coming up uh, here in Columbia on Wednesday, May 4th at Woodcrest auditorium for tickets and more information. Visit uh show me leadership dot live show me leadership dot live. We are back with John Eiler, the CEO of MFA oil and uh uh, John, one of the things that um, that probably a lot of people don't understand, which is kind of a unique thing about your business, is that uh, y- you have member owners, and mm-hmm. uh, you get together with them at least once a year, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have uh, the cooperative meetings, the membership shows up, they vote uh, on uh, board members, I guess,
1: is that correct? Yeah, so what we'll have are members, and to be a member of MFA Oil Cooperative, you have to be a producer, agriculture okay. producer. And then you really just have to buy $1,000 worth of products from us a year. Okay. But it's not very difficult. Yeah. From there, as a member, uh, in their local areas, they uh, get to elect delegates. And so there's delegates that are represented by the retail locations that we have out there in the traditional uh, bulk and propane plant divisions. Yeah. Those delegates get an opportunity to vote on their board of directors. Okay. So they'll come to an annual meeting. Uh, and attend the meeting and get an update and hear things, f- uh, from the president, myself, the chairman of the board. Mm-hmm. In their, in their local areas, they will have caucuses and they will vote for uh, a director amongst themselves. And that individual, we have eight directors mm-hmm. on the MFAOL board. Yeah. They're scattered about, um, in, in, our territories. Uh, and they work with me. And, you know, we set strategy and direction, uh, together with the company. So, uh, yeah, it's like, it's a grassroots effort. Yeah. Uh, to come back up, it's just an interesting dynamic as a cooperative because you're servicing those member owners. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of relationship in that. Yeah. And again, when we look at some measures and strategies and, and tactical measures, you know, we're looking at for longevity and how does it benefit the member owners of the company? Yeah. Not, a privately held person, yeah, or, or company, uh, so it, it's interesting. But really, the difference is longevity and, and um, you know, concern for the communities mm-hmm. that we serve because yeah. we serve a lot. There's yeah. there's dependability
0: there. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of CEOs. Never ever get to hear from their customers. There's a, uh, they're insulated pretty well, but, uh, to the contrary, you get to hear quite a bit, uh, from, I do. from those folks. So, I get my yeah. ear bit quite yeah. a bit sometimes.
1: <laughs> That's right. Hey, I love talking to those folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll bend your ear. Yeah. And, and that is one thing they have. I have access to meet with them and, and, and talk things through with them, whether it be a praise yeah. or, or a criticism. Sure. Right, Absolutely. you know, and I tell them every time. My questions, comments, thoughts—yeah—they're you know, always welcome. Yeah, right. Um, but that's 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 the beauty of a cooperative. Yeah. You know, you get to listen to your owners yeah. uh, discuss and talk about it. Whether you act on everything. That's not necessarily the case, yeah. but you get to talk about it and understand it. So I sure. think there's a high understanding there, too. When is your annual meeting, uh, typically? Uh, our annual meeting has been moved back to December. Okay. So in, in the winter months. Okay. It used to be held somewhere in the Farmers August.
0: Don't, don't have a lot to
1: do in December, I guess. Slower, slower yeah. time from then, that's yeah. ideal. Um, we have 800 delegates yeah. Right amongst the group of membership. The membership, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five, forty thousand 40,000 probably wow. today and growing. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, as a cooperative status, it's interesting and it's a, it's a fun part of the year to get to meet and and talk and discuss the, the health in the direction of where the company's going.
0: You used to get a nice little gift when you came to those meetings. Do you still get a nice little gift? Do you still give gifts? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a, a keepsake, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of get- folks out there that collect those. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. Memorabilia is very yeah. important to our industry yeah. as well. So. Interesting. That's great. Um, I
0: want to talk about uh, break time as a corporate citizen. And, and I know firsthand just uh, some of the events that I have been involved with in the community uh Break time is really one of the, I mean, MFA is one of the first companies to really step forward and say, yeah, you know what, uh, though it's really not germane to the kind of business that we're doing, we want to support our community. Right. Uh, and so, uh, we'll support that. And, and I see, uh, you know, we see your, your corporate name all over the place from, from you sports, uh, to, uh, conferences to all kinds of events that uh, you're, you're a big sponsor of the leader cast event that's coming up on August, on, on yep. May 4th. And so, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, your theory about corporate citizenship.
1: This isn't my theory. Uh huh. This is the, the corporate principle that's been there well before me. Mm-hmm. But concern for the community is a high regarded principle at MFA Well. And, and again, you know, that means giving back to the communities we serve. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a charitable a foundation at MFA Oil yeah. that gives back. Well, it's since 1998, it's given over $3 million back to the communities wow. we serve. That's yeah. a, being a community citizen. Yeah. Um, and in Columbia, again, like you said, we, we support and donate to a lot of the causes and civic endeavors that are out there are not-for-profits. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. We give back to the community. I'm most proud of our employees. They give their time in a lot of cases here. And, and they're always willing to pick up another one yeah. and another one and another one yeah. and to give their time and their money. And it's, it's, it's just remarkable for me to see that level, but it, it's a cultural piece that's in the company and something we we're very proud of. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a, it's a cooperative principle too. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's interesting. Uh,
0: we've been talking a lot about this, this rank and technical college that's coming to Boone County. Uh, and, uh, I want to make sure I have this right, but I, I'm, my recollection is that the foundation from MFA Oil and MFA Inc. got together and made a very generous donation to help bring that school to, to Boone County.
1: We did. Yeah. Now, that was out of MFA, the MFA Foundation, okay. which we are part of. Okay. Okay. But that's not ours. That's MFA Incorporated. Okay. I shouldn't say it's theirs. It's housed over there, but we are a part of it. Okay. So we have uh, we have board meetings on that. And yeah. again, yes, I think tremendous help for Ashland and Rankin Technical yeah. College. What a great opportunity for education yep. in Boone County. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very very excited to make that donation to them. So yeah, yeah those higher level donations, even like that, yeah, uh, they're, they're possible. Yeah, yeah. That's so pretty impressive. So. um so when you
0: talk about um, uh, just sort of the the future of your, your company, your cooperative, uh, you know, farming uh, is uh, a very interesting uh, business, you know, agriculture. Uh, one of the things that I was hoping we'd have time to talk about is sort of, you know, agriculture is kind of a uh, part of the fabric of Boone County. I mean, it's just, it's really a big part of our heritage uh, in this community, but, but you know over time it it doesn't seem to be as prevalent uh i mean the farms are still there uh they're still doing things but i think that oftentimes and you see this especially with young children they really they don't understand where the bacon comes from you know what i mean they it comes from the grocery store and mm-hmm. uh uh you know, over time, we have maybe lost our sense for uh, how important farms are to our society and especially to our local economy. And you, you look at MFA Oil, MFA Inc., uh, you look at what Orschlunds are doing with the farm and home stores. Uh, there's just a lot of our local economy that is tied up in agriculture. Um, so wh-
1: when you kind of look at the future of the business, what what, what are your thoughts? I'm very bearish yeah. on it, like we talked about. Yeah. um I think farming in general um, has a, a need to feed the world, mm-hmm. right? A yeah. bigger calling to it. Um, in Boone County here, yes, I know that there's been opportunities for commercial development to come in and take up farm ground, right? Yeah. Um, but the, you still don't have to drive, but what, four or five miles before you find a farm ground in yeah, one direction of Columbia? Nice. Yeah, right? You're, right, you're right. So it's there still. Yeah. Um, and the needs are there, the needs still, still remain. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, farming is, farming is good. Um, you know, what I think about the most when you talk about that is the emerging leaders in agriculture, mm-hmm. right? Because we need to be working with the next generation of leaders that are going to carry on agriculture in the same way that it's been carried thus far. And yeah. so, um, you know, we get involved in different groups and, and put on, put on conferences to help feed the younger generation, the newlyweds that are entering farming, right? Yeah, or the first generation farmer, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I'm 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 very positive about the future of agriculture. I think innovation is is just astronomical when it comes to it, and I think the what we're going to see in the next five or ten years uh, are, are going to be great opportunities for agriculture. Yeah, and 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 especially Missouri and Boone County. Yeah. Uh, 4-H,
0: FFA, uh, I think people would be surprised to know how many local kids are uh, deeply involved
1: in those organizations and, and what an impact they're making on their lives. Sure. You know, it's pretty pretty impressive. But the education, like you went back to it in schools and things of that nature and understanding where the food comes yeah. from, that's important. That yep. really is important yep. in today's world, too. Yeah. Here, here's a random question just out of
0: nowhere. Have you ever been to Lebanon, Missouri? I have okay. When you're driving down the main drag, I think it's Highway Five through Lebanon. Uh, there is this kind of a uh, new-looking building, and it looks like it's a combination of an M- of a MFA store and a and a True Value Hardware.
1: Yep. Uh, Tell us about that. That's really interesting. I can. Okay. Okay. That falls over on the MFA Incorporated side. Oh, it does? Yes. Okay. All right. That's not MFA Oil. How would you know? Okay. And and that's an affiliate of MFA Incorporated. Okay. Okay. The other company uh, that flies their their brand and their shield and, yes, has a true value inside of it, um, but uses the MFA Oil brand to, to denote who they are. Uh, and then get some of the resources that MFA Incorporated can can provide to that that agriculture okay. retailer. Right. So,
0: but not the, us. The other MFA, very We're good, great looking facility. <laughs> yeah, have really in Lebanon. Is. <laughs> it stands out in Lebanon. I got to tell you, it, it does. So anyway, it does yeah. Um, when you uh, so, as you look at um, uh, future opportunities for for the company, uh,
1: anything that's low hanging fruit right now that uh, you're excited about? Uh, growth. You yeah. know, um, I, I, again, like I said, I think there's, there's some retailers out there that are exiting, um, mm-hmm. or deciding whether or not they want to stay in, whether they want to spend the money, yeah. um, to kind of get themselves up into the 20th century here, yeah. technology wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that, again, what excites me is the fact is that we are in a position of growth, and we can we can handle that growth very well yeah. um, and, and, and again, I, I think that benefits members of the
0: company mm-hmm. uh, so you spent quite a bit of time doing mergers and acquisitions uh, is that is, the, is that the kind of growth you 're thinking about is it or is it more organic growth both okay. I think we
1: look at it from from twofold, both yeah. organic and through acquisition. Yeah. Uh, we have organic efforts going on every day currently right now. I'm, you know we have those organic efforts, and that's a great way to grow. Yeah. Uh, but from an acquisition standpoint, um, we like it too, and we we've, we've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. So so your footprint right now is eight states. Uh, do you see that getting bigger? I see it getting growing. Yeah. Uh, um, getting bigger. Yes. More uh. infill. Yeah, but I think we'll stay in the states that we're already in in mm-hmm. some capacity. Again, I believe that we need support services to pr- provide uh, the resources needed to grow yeah. the right way and then yeah. operate the right way as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I see. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm most excited about seeing the growth that's going to happen here in the next year to five. Yeah. Uh, if
0: somebody listening is uh, interested in a career with MFA oil, uh, what w- what would you recommend?
1: Uh, I would say visiting our website, yeah. uh, careers at mfaoil.com. dot uh, okay. com. We'd love to sit down and visit with those folks. We have openings, and and yeah. uh, we have a recruitment team in the office there. So. We'd love to. We'd love to interview and bring you into the organization, be a part of us. Yeah, very cool. Uh, John Eiler, CEO of MFAO. Thanks for taking time this weekend to,
0: to spend some time with us and, and give us an update. Congratulations on your success.
1: Thanks, Fred. I yeah. appreciate being it's, here today. It's,
0: it's a great uh, hometown story. So, uh, in more ways than one. Well, uh, that is uh, all we have for you this weekend. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable Show. Uh, until then, I'm Fred Perry, and you've been listening to Hot Talk ninety three nine The This city is my city